Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash have a drink show. North Coast Brewing, makers of Old Rasputin and other beers, I'm sure. Actually, they make a lot of beer, like a whole lot. And the award, if the awards are to be believed, a lot of good beer. We'll see if they live up to their hype and see if this brewery gets a gold from us as we have a drink. have a drink or you learn along with us about what you drink i'm Brittany lee walker i'm justin frazier and i'm christopher walker and hey guys chris again i'm just still flummoxed by mention of the pre-show that five years yeah really <laughs> yeah i had to be like i'm sorry what just happened it, it'll be that in like a, a couple like no next month yeah not even really all that much next month like it's less than a month. Yeah. Because season creep in 2020 is not even real. Because Oktoberfest would have marked our. Have they officially canceled it? It was never officially announced, so they never had to officially cancel it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think we would have no. hit the big yeah. Spotify Joe Rogan money. <laughs> uh, we don't have. <laughs> we're not producing content of that quality or of that frequency. <laughs> or Fact. that Joe Rogan. <laughs> Let's not get into that. Uh, yeah. But uh what's what's been going on, everybody? Justin, what's what's been cooking cooking for you in the last couple of weeks? Uh it's been I actually I would say normally it's been mostly work, but I had a few days off. So I got to I got to sit around and play some video games for a couple of days and it was it was amazing. I I finally de-stressed. I felt like someone took a, like I was wrung out like a sham wow of stress. <laughs> and then, and then I went back to work and it all came back. No, I'm in the chat saying, yes, they have uh, finally officially said Oktoberfest was not happening. No. Well, yeah. Uh, God, that's, I feel like that's, no, never mind. I was gonna say like that, that's that's a that's a big casualty for me hmm. because I have not been affected as much by this as other people have, and I almost said something insensitive. <laughs> yeah. Look, we were having we had plans in the works for the Oktoberfest this year, and now we could still do a virtual thing. Yeah, you know, we had figuring out what that would be. I don't. I, I think we should just do like a, a tune in and a watch us stream watch and... me eat sausages. <laughs> And drink beer. No, no, we could do like we could play games or something. It'll be a hoot and a half. Yeah, <laughs> uh, some Jackbox or something. I don't know. 
but yeah, I did. Uh, I, I did play uh, Ghosts of Tsushima, mm. and uh, I will say this: this is not how the Mongol invasion of uh, of Japan went either time. <laughs> there Wait, were no you... no sudden 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 ninjas that popped up and just start shanking shanking <laughs> Mongols. That does not make it any less fun. But I'm just watching this like, look, we just wait a couple of weeks. This will blow over. Literally, a divine wind will blow those ships over. Did we talk about this last time? Because this sounds maybe, maybe maybe we did, or maybe we talked about it pre or post show. I don't know. I, uh, yeah, time has I, no meaning to me anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I could be blending a lot of different things in my head right now. So uh, pertaining to that, uh, kind of um, saw a recut of. Yakko's world, him listing the countries of the world, only it's all the countries who have been defeated by Vietnamese farmers. <laughs> there's a there's a, 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 a history meme that I saw some time ago. It was like, you know, Vietnam versus it was like a, the, the, the SpongeBob meme where it's like, you know, you know, someone versus this. And it's like, you know, all soft and whatever SpongeBob. And then it's like him and like sports gear for versus America. And it's like versus the Mongols. And it's just like ripped, <laughs> ready to fight. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. I've, uh, I don't know. I've been on this dark sci-fi kick. That's just been, I don't know. It's nice to see worlds where, the the outlook is much bleaker than our own. <laughs> so watched uh, Watchmen, which was pretty good. I liked it. I know a lot of I've people been, are having issues with it, but I've been meaning to actually sit down to try to watch that. I, I've actually heard it's it's it starts out you thinking why do you need to do this, and then by the end you're like, this was great. This these people it's, actually got that show. I got they got that book. Yeah, it really is like playing with. The, the whole series or the, yeah, I guess you'd say series because the mini series thing was playing with um, time and it's how they loosely try to tell you how Manhattan sees time, how he perceives time. Yeah. And that's how the whole thing is played out. So things are not happening. Exactly. Yeah. It's not sequential. You're, it's not you're, chronologically. You're, you're looking at it from above as a whole. Yes. Yeah. But that's like whenever it's like spoiler alert, Manhattan's in it. And whenever he's having conversations, it's the, he starts talking off randomly about other things. They're like, what? And he's like, sorry, you made a joke in 30 years <laughs> or something like yeah. that. And it's like, what? Uh, yeah, that's because there's there's a whole issue of the the, the, the Watchmen comic where yeah. it's. Uh, no, uh, you haven't been into to watch that that that's been that been one's on good um i've still still churning through dark on netflix which that is that is great that is fantastic if you want to watch a german show about time travel but it's not again messing with your perception of time it's not linear time travel it's cyclical hmm. so it's <laughs> I mean, I thought Futurama did the best joke for uh, cyclical time travel. They, okay, yeah. They I thought I'd freeze myself. Well, no, the, the the first time it's like, I thought I'd freeze myself to travel through time. thought time was cyclical. Nope, straight line. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's pretty messed up. I'm liking it. And the overdubbing is 
like your brain i was surprised how quick you get used to it. you just start i look at their eyes is what i found out just subconsciously i'm like i'm not even going to look at their lips and i just look at their eyes and everything i'm like no their their movements and the voices match up to me and it's fine oh yeah yeah and uh, then now diving into lovecraft country with all that and loving it you're taking the opposite approach. You're like, these are things that are darker than things currently. I'm making myself feel better. And I'm just like, still just wanting the rainbows and unicorns. I did watch all of Avatar The Last Airbender recently. And uh, again, and uh, went, yeah. Yeah, I needed some good Star Wars in my life. Because <laughs> that show is like super Star Wars once you actually break the whole arc down. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to get that as one of the many things on our list, I think. Uh, Yeah. Um, I, God, (laughs) yeah, I've just been, uh, I've had this stress thing like you were talking about, and it's like, oh, I'm not as bad anymore. And then I go back to work and I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I've just just been having some issues there. But I've been trying to find outlets uh, for stress, and I found an app that is, they actually take your insurance for, um, uh, so it's like a therapy kind of app, um, but it also, like, it involves, like, uh, journaling and, and um, meditations, which is nice. Uh, and then I'm also following this chick on YouTube who does a series on how to draw, and I downloaded Procreate on the iPad, and I've been... I, and I don't have an Apple Pencil because I, I don't have that kind of money, but <laughs> I got um, a really well-rated on wire cutter uh, stylus on Amazon. Look, I know what it is. I'm just saying what it sounds like. I know, I know, I know. Um, All I'm thinking of, though, when you say app, like a, an Apple stencil is that Steve Jobs pen- is like doing pencil. summer <laughs> pencil, whatever. He's doing somersaults in his grave. Yeah. I- As you work in procreate <laughs> you already did that yeah yeah it's a horror i don't know why they were like I was they, the it's, name. it's horrible parenthood is a nightmare <laughs> sorry that's what i thought that sentence was <laughs> sometimes uh no it, it, I, yeah it's a bad name but the app is actually really great it's just horrible I, look why did they think that was a good idea but either way, um, I've been having fun learning things, and that's nice. So uh, creative oh, outlets. Fun. Hooray. <laughs> Hooray. Uh, Hooray. You know what else is a great creative, well, not creative outlet, but a nice place to learn things? Our news show. Mm. The more you know. <laughs> yes, we had a new episode this week where we're talking about what all? <laughs> uh, all these uh, copyright infringement oh, yeah. games. Well, the, okay, so there is no copyright infringement yet. No one, there's no... I mean, it's, there is. No one sued them. It's it's more of a a show right now on social media. <laughs> well, I, I again, stay tuned. <laughs> it's legally distinct, like no <laughs> T. No, it's not. <laughs> Especially one of them, because there's not just one, but two. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ryan Reynolds also sold his gin, not like his personal stash, like the <laughs> the company. The company he hell happened of a, to hell of yeah. a personal stash went for like thirty five million dollars. Yeah. No, three hundred and thirty five million. Oh yeah, God. <laughs> and then proves the point. Mark. Also, a CO two shortage. Always fun. Bad fun. News. Fun news. Because I mean, 20- I mean, I, I think I can fix that. <sighs> 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 I 
feel lightheaded. That's not a good sign. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, well uh, let's get into the topic. We're not that drunk. Seeking bastards. We're not that drunk. We're not that drunk. We're not that drunk. Yeah, about that. <laughs> Yeah, we're uh, we're drinking through the episode with uh, to style for all of us. That hardly ever happens, but yeah, we're gonna go ahead and get kicked off here with something nice and light um, that we'll talk more about as we move through. But we're gonna crack open uh, Scrimshaw from, Great from name. our uh, from the title of our uh, from the topic of our episode, North Coast Brewing. Who makes things other than old Rasputin? Who knew? Uh, North Coast Brewing opened in 1988 as a local brew pub in the historic town of Fort Bragg, located in California's. How did I end up with this? Mendo, Mendocino? Mendocino. Mendocino. Coast. Yeah. I've never seen that word before. Oh, okay. Um, oh, just to say, I dig your nose into that. It just smells like fresh, fresh grain. Like it smells See? like when you walk into a brewery and they're brewing. Like that's just. See, it 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 has a grain smell, but it has mm. a a a vegetal and uh, a little bit of like green pepper smell. Yes. Okay. Uh, and that's what I was saying like earlier. It's got a little smidge of funk and a little bit of vegetal. So, hmm. uh, it's a pilsner, by the way, is what we're starting out with because got a. Got to work your way up. <laughs> By the way, 19, 1988, that puts them, you know, close-ish to, like, Boston beer. And oh, yeah. Boston beer is, you know, a little earlier, but it's still, like, 80s when, you know, so they're they're early in the craft beer game. Uh, under uh, leadership of former president and co-founder Mark Rudick, Rudick uh, the brewery has developed a strong reputation for quality, having won more than 110 awards in national and international competitions. They they also really like to brag about it. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. uh, they actually have a fairly big regular lineup featuring Red Sea Ale, Old Rasputin, Imperial Stout, Scrimshaw, Pilsner. Spoiler, we're doing all of those. Uh, Brother Thelonious, uh, Abbey Ale, North Coast uh, Stellar IPA, and other fine North Coast, North Coast, North Coast brands. We, uh, they continue to, quote, make the world a better place one pint at a time. We'll talk a little more about that in a bit uh, because the name of a program. Uh, they, they have exceptional beers available in 48 states, and they're also available in Europe and in the Pacific Rim. And that is about <laughs> all of the history they have. Uh, I don't know how many kaiju they fight, but... Apparently know, quite a few. Yeah, I know from that laugh that Chris was immediately picturing Jaegers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, they were... Yeah, no, they weren't even just drinking Jaeger in those things. So, yeah. It's, how you it's, sync it's, up mines. You just crack open an old Rasputin and chug. When we decided to do this episode, it was like, oh yeah, they've been around since '88. They've got to, there's got to be some decent stories we can find. Nothing, nada. It's just like, oh, they existed. I mean, um, like, okay. I feels, I feel like to an extent they want their beer to speak for itself, and it does. It does. But they, so they've been doing some things. 
they just don't have like there's no big scandals to for us to talk about or anything like that or, but they yeah. have been they definitely been catching fire yeah so uh sustainability has been a big thing for them social equality and environmental responsibility have been at the core of north coast brewing since its founding in 1988 the one pint at a time initiative encompasses all of the ways north coast brewing minimizes its footprint and gives back every day Every person at North Coast Brewing Company is personally invested in our mission to make a positive impact on our community and the world, says the North Coast Brewing CEO, uh, Sam Kranick. So all, all I could hear in my head as you were saying that was like, put a smile on your face, <laughs> make the world a better place, put a smile on your Yeah. Well, as um, I noticed, all and I bottles- also, I feel like anyone like, five years younger than me is going, what is he even talking about? (laughs) So um, as all their bottles have proudly stamped on them, we were one of the first two breweries to become a certified B Corp. This spirit of leadership and innovation differentiates us from any other brewery, apparently except for, you know, the other one since they were the second, (laughs) the one pint at a time initiative is a way for North coast brewing to showcase the numerous ways we're, as they say, setting a sustainable standard for the industry while directly supporting a cause close to us. The brewery is true zero waste platinum certified and diverted 98.7% of its solid waste away from landfills in 2018. That's actually really cool, but true zero waste platinum (laughs) sounds like it's some sort of uh, made up level in a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. Or, or it also sounds like the name of like a water filtration pitcher, <laughs> like a like a like an overly hyped. Uh, it's uh, it's like Tom Haverford from Parks and Rec designed yes. the water filter. <laughs> it's like, oh, get ready. Or that dude who did for the Sparkle Fire Festival. Flash. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, that's basically just Tom Haverford with fewer <laughs> morals. Yeah. It's basically just John Ralphio. Uh, <laughs> All right. So North. Coast I finally Road. watched that documentary, by the way, and it was like. Oh my God, it is just John Ralphio. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> so North Coast Brewing is also in the top 25% of breweries in the United States for energy efficiency with its solar array producing almost 120,000 kilowatt hours last year. In like addition, they're, they're using that power. It, I'm sure they're using it for good, but I feel like they could turn that into death rays real quick. <laughs> In addition to waste diversion and energy efficiency, the brewery is focused on using only high-quality, honest ingredients and has 14 of its core beer brands non-GMO project verified. Okay, hold on. Honest ingredients? What ingredients are lying to you? They're inanimate. <laughs> like cutting open like a, a artichoke or something. Ah, no, this is actually a pickle. It lied to me. That, that vanilla extract is lying. Mm. now okay maybe (laughs) north coast brewing's uh innovative partnership with a local farm uh fortunate farm what about the unfortunate farm i I don't know but all i'm hearing is fortunate son playing in my head (laughs) and i'm thinking of vietnam too jeez i we're having a day guys you need some rainbows and unicorns as well it seems (laughs) on the implementation of it ain't me On the implementation of a closed-loop composting system is a key aspect of the One Pine at a Time initiative. The brewery worked closely with Fortunate Farm Manager Gowan Batiste on carbon sequestration 
and carbon farming projects. <laughs> Wait, while providing... is, that, is that carbon that needs to go to trial? Like it sits there on the jury? Yes. Yes, okay. it does. <laughs> uh, well, they're providing the farm with spent grain to grow the heirloom vegetables served in the brewery's tap room and restaurant. In 2018, Fortunate Farm composted 1.65 million pounds of North Coast Brewing's spent grain. Carbon sequestration and carbon farming research projects uh, we're executing with North Coast Brewing Company have a direct positive impact on our local community and the health of our planet, says Batiste. My family and I have been looking at this farm, but didn't see it as something that was possible for us. Through working with North Coast Brewing, we were able to make it a reality. So that's awesome. So talking about the efforts of a lot of other big breweries uh, that we've discussed on here before, it'd be like uh, Sierra Nevada. We've talked Mm. about Alaska and they'd go out of their way big time. New Belgium. New Belgium. Yeah. Those all, all their programs are so far behind what North coast. Sounds like it is doing. Well, I don't know. Um, New Belgium starts from like a worse place. So yeah, okay. So that, New Belgium true. for their location. That's like the uh the, well, the, the, Asheville, the, location. the Asheville location. The Asheville location. That's when like we literally took a like designated dump. It was literally a poisoned ground dump. They went and we'll they went this. yeah, they went like dug it out and cleaned it up and it's now like a gorgeous little park that their brewery um, and the brew house and everything sits on. Right. Owned by Whoever owns them now. Mm, oh, yeah. I never remember the name. Karen or something. Kerrigan. Yeah. I don't re- I know it's the Lion logo. <laughs> a Kieran? The, oh, yeah. For, for the conglomerate and that it's partially owned by like a, a dictatorship. Yeah. yeah. Talk. yeah with, um, all right. Well, with its home along the Northern California coast, North Coast Brewing is in close proximity to the migratory path of gray whales and the southern habitat of orcas. The declining population of stellar sea lions inspired the creation of North Coast Stellar IPA, which directly you know supports. Uh, oh, never mind. Well, it's close enough. That's uh, the sea lion thing. Maybe think because it's time for the new beer. Oh, oh ah, yes. Oh, the red. The sea. Oh, got it. Got it. Um, the declining population drinking. of stellar sea lions inspired the creation of North Coast seller ipa which directly supports the research and rescue of marine mammals for every bottle and keg north coast stellar ipa sold north coast makes a contribution to the north coast brewing company marine mammal research fund a project of the ocean foundation in 2018 north coast brewing donated more than fifty-five thousand dollars to the noyo center for marine science the marine mammal center and the ubc mammal or marine mammal research unit through the project so yeah that's freaking awesome um so we got the new one out here yeah uh, so we're a little bit less because uh we haven't got that long before we have to get to the next one <laughs> <laughs> which is uh kind it's of a, a few steps up it's a doozy <laughs> yes i'm like you know what i i should some of us don't have tasting glass right now some of us are drinking from a pint glass yeah we have a problem well I mean, that's the downside. See, if only you were up here, Bob. I came this close to trying to drive up there, but a couple other things got in the way. I was like, okay, never mind. That yeah. tends to happen because life. <laughs> well, with our, our next one, it was the Red Seal Ale. 
that nice little picture of a seal colored red. I wonder where they got the name. <laughs> That's an uh, interesting aroma there. I'm not getting a whole lot myself, but I'm getting like a caramel kind of situation. Well, again, we'll get more into the beers as we yeah, yeah. truck down. Hmm. Ooh. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, that, yeah. that's <laughs> like, that is strong hoppy and big malt character. Very malty. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that's okay. It's a nice little, uh, blast of malt that's really a like pre uh, like pre-modern craft kind of pale ale yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. back when back when yeah, well it, it's i don't even know if i would even call it i think it's just well it, they call it just ale i don't think it's supposed to be their their pale ale it's um, not really pale but yeah it's yeah just like, but it's it's just a let me scroll down just a it's an amber here. It? yeah it's, it's an amber it's I mean, yeah, it's an amber, it's an amber ale. Yeah, so, but it 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 is like nice light. It and crisp, is really like hoppy. A, I would say it's it's still compared to what I expect for like modern yeah. stuff, especially like West Coast stuff. Still fairly light and pretty easy to drink. Oh yeah, so definitely flavor involved. At least at least a light body, if malty and uh, uh, yeah, got it's got a good you know. Decent hop, but yeah. Well, moving on to not anything we've been talking about at all. Um, jazz. Now something completely different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another aspect of North Coast Brewing's philanthropic mission is shown through its deep love of the vibrant jazz community and its support of jazz education. Like it's a this soft, is so out of soft J. Jazz. This, like, <laughs> this is out of left field, and I'm just like, oh, okay, yes, sure, whatever. Uh, jazz education has always been a focus for North Coast Brewing. And this year, the brewery announced that it will donate a portion of proceeds from every bottle and keg sold of Brother Thelonious, Belgian-style Abbey, to the year-round jazz education programs of the Monterey Jazz Festival. North Coast Brewing is the longest con continuing sponsor and the official brewery partner of the Monterey Jazz Festival. In addition, the brewery sponsors the North Coast Brewing Company Jazz Education Stage for young performers at the annual festival. So who do you think is a more fervent jazz supporter? North Coast or Abita? Mm. Well, it sounds like North Coast, honestly. Because well, Abita mean, there's, there's... sponsors uh, well, and it New Orleans Jazz Festival. It depends, because it's, it, it's the same deal, just in different parts of the country. Well, yeah, but... Who 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 plays jazz as they're walking people to their funeral? <laughs> Abita, that's who. That's a, it's, they're, in, it's, they're in Louisiana, and that's what they tricky. do down in New Orleans. Oh crap! I, uh, that, yeah, you don't, have to, you don't have to down it right now. Yeah, no, I do. There, I I started to, and then I went, you know what? I could just go get another glass. Heresy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it is kind of heresy, but um, well, before uh, we move okay. on to our next one, wait, 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 okay, hold on because I don't have the same background in. In music as you guys do, rah rah Rasputin 
Russia's, Russia's greatest, greatest love, love machine. machine. Okay, yeah. good. That's historically accurate. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> and to be fair, so yes, it is one of their, our Finnish metal bands that we love. Covering a disco They're covering song. a disco song. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. But also, I find it funny that it's Finnish. Because I know, right? <laughs> fin- yeah, yeah, Russia coming on in and Finland going, I, nah. no, I yeah. disagree. It's Which not just even, really makes it better. It's not even, it, was, it wasn't all of Finland. <laughs> it, was it was one like, guy <laughs> in, one the dude tree. in the like tree. Three dudes and, yeah. <laughs> no, no, Brittany. It was literally one dude. Finland. With a non-military grade rifle. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go in there. We'll just bomb them out. Jesus, how did he live? <laughs> I think he shot down the plane. <laughs> Is that a movie? That should be. No, it should be. All right. Yeah. So. Now it's time for uh, Russia's Greatest Love Machine. Um, yeah. yeah, the old Rasputin. That's something more like a sex move. Old Rasputin, which is the beer. Ah, <laughs> oh, the old the old Rasputin. But uh, that's going to be a very disturbing sex move. I've just got to say, weird... what's it what's it going to be? Is that where you <laughs> it's let's, let's, be- we don't need to look? It's let's not talk BDSM. about that. We can. We can. Uh, we already don't have to have a label on the show for. <laughs> so yeah. let's let's we'll probably do a little bit of background because this is their Russian imperial stout. A safe word would be involved, is what I'm saying. Catherine the Great, the Empress of Russia, started commissioning Porter from London, uh, London breweries in 1780. You know that's your safe word, Chris. That whole <laughs> sentence. <laughs> Isn't that the gag in uh, uh, Euro Trip? Yeah, that overly long oh. safe word. <laughs> yeah, uh, the ale had been uh, a favorite import for decades. Uh, the fame of these strong barrel-aged beers was already circling around the globe, and these ver- globe and these versions were being made in Scotland, Ireland, the newly independent United States, USA, USA, USA. USA. Uh, those uh, original London porters were made uh, with a rough, smoky grain known as brown malt. And uh, the beer, as it came out of the kettle, <sighs> I'm just picturing a tea kettle. Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, I mean, we'll get you a little cuppa. That'd be fine. Oh, there you go. Uh, I don't know why I turned into Mrs. Doubtfire for a half second. <laughs> uh, apparently, it wasn't too much fun to drink. I mean, that that sounds like quitter talk. Uh, once brewers learned to let their porters sit in wooden vats for up to two years, th- uh, though a magical transformation happened. Native microorganisms transformed from uh, an acrid beer to something refined and sherry-like. Mm. Yet the word imperial that came to be associated with the porter was uh, porter bound for the Tsarina's court was uh, purportedly the strongest of the London porters, had a double meeting. The porter was made for imperial purposes, but the porter itself became, uh, but the porter, but porter itself had become beer's monarch. Mm, indeed, it had. Uh, eventually, of course, the great vat-aged porters gave way to other lesser ales. Oh, the strongest smell, versions. Way, smell that. Just, just take a good, good whiff of that. Mm. The strongest versions, uh, the stout porters, uh, withered and grew tame. They were further diminished by the World Wars, and by the 1950s, not a single brewery in England made a porter, except for the success of its distant ancestor, Irish Stout. Okay. The era I'm, seemed... I was going to say, uh, look, a book of world records and some uh, 
and a bunch of Irishmen would disagree. <laughs> the era of the style seemed over. Three decades later, Mark Rudrick and two cohorts were putting together the plans for a brewery in Fort Bragg, California. Rudrick uh, had been a home brewer and had lived in England for two years. And long before starting North Coast Brewing, he'd become enchanted by stouts. Man, uh, as one I'm does. Ju I'm just saying, how often do you see home brewer who became brewer? <gasps> pretty much the, how it tracks. <laughs> the devil, you say. Uh, quote from him I had also made my own special study of Guinness while living in England and I made my and study in months. Kentucky uh, <laughs> and indeed old number 38 an Irish stout was one of the beers North Coast offered when it debuted in 1988 but it was a different stout that would make North Coast famous one he discovered as a home brewer years before Burt Grant's Imperial Stout Hmm. Sorry, when you said uh, that uh, the, the stout that made North Coast famous, I was like, did it make a loser out of me? <laughs> that's hmm. the. That's it. Never mind. Wow. All right. Um, <laughs> hmm. Oh, ooh. it's been a minute since I've had that. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> we'll we'll um, talk about this in a bit, but yeah. oh. <laughs> uh, it was a revelation for me, he recalls. It was an evocation of those ancient Baltic bound porters. I thought that was a beer I'd very much like to brew one day. It took six more years before he began formulating Old Rasputin. And though it was inspired by Grants, he wanted it to be entirely original. Grants had been sweeter, maltier, and was only 6% ABV. Oh, that sounds like... Yeah, that's a... Uh, yeah. uh, don't get me wrong. Sweeter? Okay, fine. Sure. Uh, uh, maltier? I, I, I love malt. 6%? Mm. <laughs> he was just like... I think we can do better. We're Americans. <laughs> uh, so another quote. Uh, I thought, I think we need to, to plant a stake in the ground. It was logical to give this beer a very American twist. Instead of, doing a, up. <laughs> instead of doing a malty beer, doing something that was much more hop forward. What emerged was nothing like the old vat-aged brown porter sent to Russia. And yet in its booming strength and intense flavors, Old Rasputin did capture their spirit. Rudrick wanted it to express the character of American hopping, so he infused it with 75 international bitterness units of Centennial, Northern Brewer, and Cluster hops. I have to wonder, like, how the... Because, like, stouts aren't usually hoppy. Right. You get so just, some, but... You get some. It's not popular. No. And it's, it like... I mean, full disclosure, the first time I had this, I was like, well, that's earthy. And as <laughs> someone I, else I, went, as someone else looked at me, he's like, you mean mud? <laughs> yeah, I mean mud. <laughs> now I'm kind of like, yeah, they taste all that complexity, like that dark roasty and that. <laughs> now Once again, weird. who have I become? Were those people? Yes. Uh, the clusters are a nice touch, an old American hop. They were widely used in British brewing as a bittering hop in the 19th century. The hops give it a resinous, almost oily layer that augments the powerhouse roasted malts. That actually makes a lot I, of sense. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, like, when they described it, I was like, that explains a lot about what I'm tasting. Mm. Because it's, it also lends to why you get hoppy, dark beers, the like hoppy stouts and porters. And it, it, for, like, on paper, you're like, that sounds crazy. Why would, like, with 
current tastes, why would you do that? And then when you when it's kind of broken down, you're like, okay, yeah, I completely see it. Well, and especially like like you know, they, you say it's like oily and like like that that feels oily, you know, and and resinous. Like that feels right for a darker beer. Yeah. So, sometimes for mm-hmm. for for a lighter one, but uh, uh, back to a quote from uh, Rudrick. One of the early lessons we uh, we learned making old thirty eight was that roasted barley is critical, and not using too much black malt is also critical. Uh, he created a foundation of caramel malts to add uh, to balance to to add some balancing sweetness in what he called intermediate malts for flavor. What's an intermediate malt, you may ask? Because mm-hmm. I was about to mm. brown malt for one. Another uh, wink to Saint Petersburg. Uh, sorry, I'm just I'm I'm trying to think of like various Russian jokes, and I was like, don't make a joke about a horse. Don't make a joke about a horse. Don't make a joke about a horse. <laughs> Uh, he says uh, we use a low mash temperature to make an extremely fermentable wort to make sure this beer finishes as bone dry as a huge beer can Uh, I really wish Casey was here to kind of like yeah see how that you know Casey what do you think is that is that required and he probably would say yes quit quit asking me dumb basic questions (laughs) Uh, and this is where old Rasputin sings. The relative dryness reveals a layer of hopping and roast, so the palate shimmers with a different flavor as it passes over the tongue. Dark chocolate and cocoa, yeast esters with that evoke cherry and re- or red wine. And it, it does have a red, red wine quality. <laughs> it, it should stay close to me. Maybe forever. <laughs> If you can't see the amount of disgust on Brittany's face as as I normally, do that. Normally I'm on board and then it, and it was like, we're not going there. We're not. Oh, he's okay. He, and he's always still going. Okay. We're just... <laughs> <sighs> anyway. Um, so the uh, cherry or red wine, the piney resin or, and a touch of char, a delicate sweet toffee, all wrapped up in an unusual creaminess, which... It does have it has a creamy mouthfeel. I don't know how much I would say it has a creamy flavor. Yeah. yeah. Although uh, the, otherwise the description is quite nice. Yeah, I was gonna say, and also kind of kind of spot on, like the the because it, it is very dark chocolate kind of kind of kind of flavor in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the modern sweeter imperials will, are built to be drunk in volumes uh, of a few ounces. Old Rasputin, despite its intensity, sustains and nourishes the soul over the course of a full pint. Oh, so my, this my, is I feel so good. It is. So I've got to say, coming back to an old Rasputin, I, I guess this is now the time we'll talk about like our tasting note. Like their notes there hit it dead on. Mm. And after being like in obviously living in the modern craft age, it's just gigantic pastry stouts or you're drinking Assassin or something like a Dark Lord, all these Imperial Stouts that pour like motor oil <laughs> and they're so thick and just so over the top and so many adjuncts and you're drinking blueberry pie, Imperial Stout and all this like weird crap. And you it's kinda, just so... Yeah, they, they want to add a whole lot to make it unique when what you need is to make good beer. 
Yeah. So this is, and you want to brush your teeth after all those. I always feel it. I'm just like, mm-hmm. guys, like coating my teeth and my whole mouth. And I just want to brush my tongue. Yeah. And now like coming back to this and it's just dry and, and you could just, every sip invites you to drink more. Mm-hmm. And it's just everything about it. Like every note they hit there, every one of those comes out and it's, there's no, there's nothing added to there's not like oh we you know aged these in wine barrels to get that those stone fruit characters to come out i was like no that all came out with the regular ingredients and don't get me wrong i sometimes like aging you you know aging wine in weird barrels and doing whatever you want but Mm -hmm. but this is like pretty much straight wort to you know wort age you know ferment it and get into a can bottle yeah. whatever this is the you know, I, I got this one relatively fresh it's been a minute since i've had one of these uh yeah but but yeah these were these these are from where my initial thing was when i first had one of these like oh that's that's dirt <laughs> to kind of like oh this is Really, just kind of get all these weird, complex, dark flavors. Yeah, I, I'm just like, well, it just shows how you've grown as a drinker. No, it just shows that as an alcoholic, I've <laughs> I've grown a different appreciation. You've been I've around. Grown I've grown accustomed to its face. <laughs> well, porters and stouts have been many things over the past 300 years. At their most robust, they were beers that warmed the coldest Russian winter nights and inspired a world to start making them. Of all the modern interpretations, few match Old Rasputin's ambition, daring, and accomplishment. It has earned the right to be called Imperial. Does that mean it's conquered other stouts and has their uh, has their uh, gross domestic product shipped back to it? I, I believe so, and oh, okay. uh, it is. It's one of the, so it is the poster child now. It was not one of the first Imperial stouts, but. It is like the quintessential imperial least, stout now. At least here in the U.S. If yeah, I, it is. If, I'm, if, if I if I picture imperial stout, like if I picture the label, it's that label. Yeah, it yeah. is just that's it is synonymous. Everyone for the tasting notes and everything for a straight awesome imperial stout, you go with Old Rasputin. But yeah. let's let's dive. They do North Coast does a few more beers. Other than it, Old Rasputin, not counting their, uh, their their seasonal, uh, seasonal beers, there is about fourteen in their regular lineup, which I think sounds a little crazy to me. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely so, not like uh, in their year-round lineup. Not common. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get into these. Uh, you've got the Acme IPA. It's California India Pale Ale. You got uh, the Acme Pale Ale. Not IPA, but pale ale, which is a California. If pale you ale. send if you send off for these, do you get a very complex set of instructions for a very elaborate Rube Goldbergian <laughs> kind of trap to to attempt to catch some sort of creature that, that fails? That took me a second until awesome. you said it. I was like, What is what are you sending? Oh god, okay. <laughs> Blue Star. Took, I don't know why that took unfiltered so long. American wheat beer. I was really hoping to find one of those. Um, so I mean, and it's unfiltered, so I probably wasn't going to find it on this coast. But yeah, 
So uh, we found one of these. I did not get it, though. Uh, Brother Thelonious is the Belgian-style dark ale, and this is one of the ones with a, that begs to have a little more said about it. In honor of Thelonious Monk, and some profits are donated to the education programs at the Monterey Jazz Festival with all interest in Belgian ales and in the monasteries that brew them. It's time to remind the world that here in the U.S., we have a monk of our own, jazz, <laughs> legend, jazz legend Theonius. Oh, my God. Thelonious. Thelonious. That, that dryness on my tongue now. Mm. It's an interpretation of North Coast Brewing's uh, Belgian-style Abbey Ale with an ABV of over 9%. This strong dark ale is rich and robust, available in handsome 750-milliliter bottles. Uh, you can get it in 12 ounces also. Uh, label features Jazz Master himself, a portrait by California artist Eric Grubick. Sure. I was I was I was hoping to find one of these, but I also was not wanting to do one of these for today's show. <laughs> yeah. It would have added a bit more. Uh, <laughs> we, like, we the old Rasputin's enough, I think. Yes. <laughs> uh, so next up we have Laguna Baja. Great name, first of all. Uh, which is the Vienna Dark Lager. I uh, yeah that that one sounded interesting to me. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, Le Merrill question mark uh, which is a saison, and then they've got the North Coast Stellar IPA, which we briefly mentioned. Okay, my question, Brittany, going back to the Le Merrill. If you have too many of those, and you're gonna hate me for this, are you mm -hmm. Le Merrill Haggard? I knew the second that you said that. <laughs> where that was going yeah That's i know the only one i've caught the entire episode <laughs> all right um uh north coast dollar rba and then uh old number 38 dublin dry stout uh that would be interesting to try as well then uh next one that we thought also required a description the old stock ale so old ale which is um bottled in limited reserve vintages and barrel age including one to benefit, um, I'm not going to pretend to say that word, a city Ots in Japan. Otsuchi? <laughs> sure. Uh, Fort Bragg's sister city, following the 2011 uh, Tohoku earthquake and tsunami. Uh, like a fine port, Old Stock Ale is intended to be laid down with an original gravity of over 1.10 and a generous um hopping rate old stock ale is well designed to round out and mellow with age it's brewed with classic maris otter malt and fuggles just the best name and uh east <clears throat> east kent golding hops all imported from england so old stock is it's one of the poster childs for poster children for um wanting to do like a nice lineup so you can do all the vintages. Vintages, are like there are a lot of pl places that just deal in vintages of old stock. Oh, wow. Um, we have Jungle Gems up around here. They always keep four or five different vintages on the shelf, or they try to. Yeah. And it's one. Like People this. love to do verticals of it. Hmm. And that's kind of, I, I wanted to try and get some to do something like that for this episode. I couldn't make it up to Jungle Gems and nowhere locally had it. Yeah. So I, I was kind of sad about that. But, I mean, Old Stock was actually one of the first beers that introduced me to the idea of doing a vertical and you could, you know, cellar age beer, not just, you know, <laughs> wine. And thus a problem was born. Yes, <laughs> a, a deep problem was yeah. born. 
Well, uh, next up, we've got uh, Prankster with a Q. I'll let, your imagina- like, yeah. I'll let your imagination fill in where the Q is. Uh, it's their Belgian-style golden ale. Uh, we've got Red Seal, which we had earlier, which is, uh, we'll go ahead and do a little description, uh, the American Amber Ale. It's a malt and hops are beautifully married in this full-bodied copper-red pale ale. The Red Seal is generously hopped for a long, spicy finish. I didn't get that much spice, but uh, an excellent accompaniment to grilled meats and rich sauces. No, yeah, I could see that. That'd be fine. Yeah, I'd be fine with a... I'm always a sucker for when they mention food pairings. I'm like, yeah, let's do that right now. (laughs) And then what we started the episode with was the Scrimshaw, which is a pilsner. Named for the delicate delicate engravings popularized in 19th century seafarers, Scrimshaw is a fresh-tasting pilsner brewed in the finest East uh, finest European tradition using Munich, Munich malt, Hollertauer, uh, and Tetternang hops. Scrimshaw has a subtle hop character and a crisp, clean palate and a dry finish. Yeah, that's about Which, right. Yeah, <laughs> but also let's let's talk a little bit about some of their awards. Because there are a few. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot of their beers win a lot of awards. I mean, Blue Star, their their unfiltered American wheat beer, they were world beer champions in Chicago for 2001, 2, 3, 4, and 5. Yeah, five <laughs> years sequentially. I mean, there's Brother Thelonious, which was... Uh, the World Beer Championship Chicago uh, 2019. I guess that's platinum. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was like, wait, there's a platinum prize? I guess. Yeah. yeah right. uh, and then uh, European Beer Star 2015. So it's it's one probably most recently out of most of the things on this list. And uh, the... Le Merle. Le Merle. Le Merle Haggard. Took a, took a gold in 2012 at the Brussels Beer Challenge. Uh, also took gold at the World Beer Championships in Chicago in 2006 and 2005. Hmm. The old number 38 uh, Dublin Dry Stout took gold at the 2003 World Beer Championships in Chicago. And then you've got the old Rasputin with... Which, <laughs> holy God. You, you, Chris, start from the bottom and work your way up. It's going to go the best for years. <laughs> All right. So, uh, 96, you had the World Beer Cup uh, Imperial Stout that took gold. In 99 and 2002, they took the Great American Beer Fest, Imperial Stout Gold, uh, Spring Beer and Wine Fest in Portland, Oregon. 2004, they took gold. And then in, in 96, 97, 98, 99, 2004, 2005, 2006, 2014, and 2018 took gold for the World Beer Championships in Chicago. Jeez. And the, the Stockholm Beer and Whiskey Festival took gold in 2012 and 2006 can we go to that please also yeah stockholm <laughs> beer and whiskey festival god that Done. just oh god we'd be dead but we'd be dead like champions we'd be we would die happily oh uh, um, yeah um the, oh, uh yeah was just, uh we, we didn't have his own outlines outlines so i'm just like going uh the old stock ale which we mentioned also won an award a few times uh the World Beer, Beer Championship in Chicago seems to be the, the key player there. They, but, they, I feel like they, they went a lot there. Chicago yeah. really likes their beer. Seriously. Uh, 2003, 5, and 6 for that old stock ale. 
Prankster, the Belgian-style golden ale. Uh, International Beer Competition in San Diego in 2014. Uh, and then, of course, that Chicago Beer Championship, uh, 96, 2000, or, I'm sorry, 96, 98, 2002, 2003. Red Seal, the one that we just finished a little bit ago. Uh, again, <laughs> quite a few Chicago World Beer Championship, it, yeah. 94, 5, 99, 2003, 2004, 2005, 2006. Spring Beer and Wine Fest in Portland, 2004. Great American Beer Festival, 2000. Stockholm Beer and Whiskey Festival, again, we need to go to that, whatever that is, uh, in 2000. And then Scrimshaw Pilsner, we uh, this one's completely off the wall. North American Brewers Association, 2001, and then the uh, GABF um, American Lager Ale category in 1992. So um, um, they've won some things. You know. Yeah, and apparently they've won more things than that, like 100 and whatever. Yeah. Well, that's all the gold medals. Yeah, that's all gold and higher. Yeah, yeah. Because apparently platinum medals are a thing. Apparently platinum places. medals are a thing. I guess they may have just decided, like, look, we're, we're tired of giving them awards. Here's a platinum medal. You win forever. Go away. It's just understood that you're winning this time. Like, So uh, I got to say what we learned this episode is even though there's not a rich, detailed history behind this brewery, you need to try more of their stuff other than Older Esputin. Older Esputin's great. Yeah. I mean, Overspeed well, is great, but like I keep seeing like Red Seal keep hmm. passing it by. He's like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. But this is real good. Scrimshaw, I've seen it. I always have seen it, and I'm always like, eh, Pilsner. Eh. And it's then a real good Pilsner. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta I say though, I'm I'm not. I wasn't as much of a fan of the Pilsner, but I think I don't know if I'm just like not a Pilsner person either. Um, but the the Red Seal was. I feel like the Red Seal and um, obviously Old Rasputin were probably the most complex. Like, I got a lot of different things out of the Red Seal as well as well, the I mean, Old Rasputin. I think we've we've said before with uh, uh, Pilsners and Loggers in general, there's not a whole lot to hide behind in those. So. Yeah. Mm. It's just everything's up in front. You've got nothing to hide any Im <clears throat> impurities or something that screwed up during the brewing process. It's just front forward out there. So it's it's obvious when you do it very well or when you do it very poorly. Yeah. And they do it very well. They do. All right. I got to say, uh, yeah, I learned a lot. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, that was... <laughs> Once again, the more you know. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, sometimes I'm just like, the end of these, I'm just like, oh, well, all right then. <laughs> Yay. Well, if you want to know more, you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com or follow us at haveadrinkshow on social media and twitch.tv, uh, Facebook as well. We're, we're streaming on, on some of these things. <laughs> uh, you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. You can also use the feedback page on the website. Uh, Carrier Pigeons, uh, it's been a little harder since I moved, but I think I'm starting to be trying a new group. Uh, smoke signals still pretty good. Uh, billboard sign, sandwich billboard sign, still my favorite. So, <laughs> all joking fun aside, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. Don't uh, don't have any poisoned cakes and tea, and don't get shot and thrown in a sack and 
then thrown into a freezing river and then they pull your body out and realize mm -hmm. oh no he clawed at the ice underneath the river yeah and the uh, rasputin oh i was like where are we they going? took me a second to realize well, the, the cake threw me but then later i was like oh never mind we're doing rasputin this whole they, episode they pumped him full me. of enough arsenic yeah to kill like a herd of cattle and he was still like not vomiting and just kept eating kept going he's like oh this is great it's also entirely and, possible the arsenic cooked off during cake baking. Yeah. And then they came in and shot him point blank in the head and then now, said, well, that's done. And then walked away and then came back to find, no, he's not dead. So then he ran a, outside a group of people pinned him down and shot him point blank, just emptied clips. Like they just kept shooting him and kept shooting him and kept shooting him. Beat him. Yeah, There's a lot and, of clubbing that happened. And then that's when I threw him in the sack. Uh, assured that he was dead, so they had to dispose of the body, threw him into a freezing river, and that's the when and when they pulled the body out, they found uh, the position he was frozen in was the position of him clawing at the ice to get out. They so could he find, was not dead. They could and see they, scrapes under ice further back, like he had... He wasn't dead and was trying to climb, claw his way out, and there was water in his lungs showing his actual cause of death to have been drowning. Wow. And then it was it like a year later after they buried him, they were afraid that he was actually a zombie. And that's why he had, you know, hadn't had been trying to claw his way out of the ice. So then they dug him up and burned his remains, but not before cutting off his penis where it is now resting in a museum what? in Russia. Because because that penis was magical. He's Russia's greatest love machine. He's for Russia's, a reason. Yeah. He had a Brittany, he had a sex cult. Yeah. It's it's really weird to look it up. <laughs> you know how they tricked him into getting killed? By promising him he could have sex. <laughs> right. We end on the best notes, you guys. Anyway, so check us out another couple of weeks <laughs> for the next live episode. We can give you more Rasputin facts. Indeed. Uh, and remember, check out patreon.com if for some reason you like what you hear. He healed a horse. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Alan Moore is just him reborn because they look exactly alike. <laughs> they do. All right. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker, and we will see you guys next time. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>